terms of the YouTube algorithm, it used to be the case that having somebody on your channel watching a 10 minute video, that was great. Now the algorithm gives preference to channels that get somebody watching multiple videos in one session. If you get somebody to watch all the way to the end and you are interested about growing your YouTube channel, you can make that one video part of a playlist. At the end of the first video in the playlist, you can have a cliffhanger say the video is about the ABCDs and then in the first video we talk about A. At the end of the first video we say click the next video to find out what B is. If you get somebody to watch all five of those, YouTube's going to give more weight to your channel. In marketing, content is everything, but keeping up with the never-ending demand for UGC photos and videos along with generating product reviews at scale can be brutal. Coley solves this problem with their content generation platform. Coley is like a content fairy godmother, providing stunning photos, videos, and reviews that help turn your potential customers into happy ones. Bid farewell to exorbitant production costs and embrace the magic of Coley's solutions. World-renowned brands like Samsonite and Bonobos trust Coley's cutting-edge software and outrageously skilled customer success team to create the marketing assets they need. Transform your content game by visiting coley.com podcast. It's all killer, no filler, the D2C podcast. I'm Eric Dick, and today I am here with Chelsea and Adam from Pilot House's YouTube team. We have uh, some great information that we're kind of passing on from YouTube specifically about the ABCDs of YouTube marketing, which sort of really just covers their best practices for how to, how to do it, how to make creatives. Kick us off, Chelsea. What are the YouTube best practices? What are the ABCDs? I love new acronyms. Yes, always love a good ac new acronym. Not that ABCD is very new, it's kind of unoriginal. But um, so we got attract, brand, connect, and direct. A lot of these things I feel like sound pretty straightforward, but it's interesting when you actually get into making these ads, how quickly you can forget about them. So attract, I mean, pretty straightforward when you think about it. That's like kind of going to both visually and audibly, I like to think, because YouTube is also an auto as much audio as it is visual. So using tight framing on the faces of um, any people or characters that you have, using multiple shots in the first five seconds, you know, like really keep the attention of your viewer. And it's, we, you know, I'm gonna go back to that because usually if you can have a character or a person or someone to kind of create that human element in these first five seconds, it's really important. I mean, lots of these things we've, tried, tested, and it really is effective. The other thing is to just use messaging that speaks directly to your audience and kind of what they would find appealing in that ad to keep them in those first five seconds. So whether it's, you know, a problem that they would experience and you're offering them a solution and that sort of thing. Uh, the second one is brand. So obviously pretty straightforward, showcasing your brand within the first five seconds, whether it's mentioning your brand's name, showing off your brand logo, your colors, that sort of thing, just so that, especially in top of funnel, if they've never heard of you before, you can start to ingrain your brand in their minds. Third one is connect. So connecting to your audience and their why. So this is kind of like where you wanna tell your story. It's really like the meat of your video and your content, um, why they should buy your product and why they should take action and all of your USPs and the benefits of your product or service that you're selling. And then the last one is direct. So this is your call to action. What do you want them to do after your video? Are you wanting them to just learn more? Is it more top of funnel? Are we wanting 
them to purchase? Are we wanting them to fill out a form? Whatever that is, that's where you want to tell your audience what you want them to do and what action you want them to take and add some urgency in there too with some offers or, you know, if there's a limited time something, um, that's the best place for that. And don't be afraid to be hyper literal too. Like I remember that that's where YouTube like invented, like click the link above or below, like literally tell them exactly what to do. Adam, what do you think of the ABC? First of all, ABC, I know ABCs a lot, but when you add that D in there, you don't, you know, there's not a lot of ABCDs. So I'm, I think it can, it can definitely throw you for a loop having that. That's a uh, 33% more to remember. And whew, that's a lot. It's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the ABCD, they're basically just best practices for making YouTube videos that retain attention, which is important because we don't tell the viewer what we want them to do until the end of the video, the call to action. It, that's like literally what it means. We're calling them to action to do something. Like Chelsea said, fill out a form, go to the website, buy our stuff, that kind of thing. Um, and I, I could add a little more about the attract, the, the first one there. Um, that is a lot about attention and retaining attention, especially off the jump. That's why we want to include a person's face and a, a close-up of a person's face because after all, humans are animals, we're monkeys, and we connect by locking eyes with other people. So if, if it was just an image of a product with a voiceover, it wouldn't be nearly as compelling as somebody talking to you, looking into your eyes with their eyes kind of thing. So that's why we do that. And again, the multiple shots in the first five seconds, that's so it doesn't get boring. If we have three cuts in the first five seconds, that's... Fast cuts, every time there's a cut, your brain has to readjust and it makes you pay attention to what you're watching. So that's why we do that. And that's something that when I edit a video, I like to keep that pacing throughout the whole thing. Uh, and for anybody who's watching this, if you are on YouTube, check out Mr. Beast videos. He is the king of this stuff. Uh, one thing that it also helps maintain attention that we haven't touched on is using subtitles, but selective subtitles. So for uh, going back to Mr. Beast, if you watch his videos, he has big bubble letters that pop up as subtitles, but it's usually just the important parts of a whole sentence. You won't use the whole sentence. You'll use less than five words. You'll have animated text pop up on the screen and that forces the person to read it. You know, the way your brain processes written information, there's two streams. One of them is for complex data that you're not familiar with. And another one, because we've read, we're so familiar with reading, there's actually a stream in your occipital lobe where you process writing automatically. You can't help but read it. So any, so if you ever look at a sign, it's like a stop sign or, you know, something slightly different. If it's only a couple words and you know how to read English, you're going to read it automatically. You can't help it. And that's causing your brain to readjust and pay more attention to what you're seeing. Yeah. That's super interesting. We were just talking about, I was at the TikTok show yesterday and they were talking specifically about like you put words on the screen, they're going to get read. Lovely to hear the scientific aspect behind it. It was funny too. This is actually more related to probably reels and to, and to TikTok and to social videos, things like that. But we, we were testing out some sludge videos and I actually like learned what a sludge video is the other day, which is like, you just, you play like, you, you literally have your content and then you have like subway surfer on the periphery kind of thing where you, or like Sonic or something where it's like literally a fast animation of a video game that's going on on the outside of your videos. And we've actually found it's drove, it's driven significantly more engagement. A lot of the comments are like, why the hell is Sonic the Hedgehog here while you're delivering marketing insight and info? 
but yeah, I was just, I've just made some recommendations about the other video games I want to see playing beside me. It's, it's sort of like a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down a little bit, right? Where it's like, and again, it's just all about creating traction or cr like you say, creating that like readjustment thing where you're noticing things. And every time you're noticing and refocusing, you're engaging on a, on a micro level, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah. So like just that, that's, I've never heard of that. You said it's called slugging sludge, sludge videos. Yeah. Sludge, sludge videos. Videos. Yeah. Using, I, I don't know if you'd get dinged using like IP in your content like that though, if it's a paid ad, that might be a little bit risky, but yeah, that completely aligns with the, with the, um, attract best practice that would maintain the attention. Cause it's just visual stimuli that that's continuously changing. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first, sludge videos. You learn something new every day. And I should say before we, I know we're going to go on to another topic here, but we actually are going to play for the first time on this show. Last time, Adam, when you came on, you did some live uh, readings of some ads and, and we actually had Chelsea record some ads that kind of use the ABCD principles uh, that we're going to show in a little bit. So make sure you stick around for those because that'll be a first on the podcast. Stick around after these messages from our sponsor. That's right. Here we go. We're using all these YouTube. I was just thinking when you're talking about Mr. Beast, like our, like what, what have these platforms done to our attention spans? But you look at all of the most popular videos and they are edited in that hyper quick, you know, sort of like a, 10 years ago or five years ago, we would have been like, oh no, people don't want to watch that. That'll be too distracting or too, but it's, it's really the way, the way of these platforms now. You actually just did something that is part of, of maintaining attention as part of retention on YouTube. You let us know what's coming up next. So we keep watching because the exciting thing is going to happen later. Right? That's right. We're going to see this video. And that's something, again, if you watch a Mr. Beast video, he does the quick five second intro and he's like, stick around because later in the video, we're blowing up these houses. Like, he's always doing stuff like that. Minor uh, <laughs> explosions. Uh, yeah, I know Mr. Beast is famous for that. Cool. Anything else? So we've got, we've got brand introduced to the brand. Um, obviously, I think the other thing there is like people showing people using your product. Again, it's just like future pacing in a way. It's like, here's how you will, here's how your life will be when you have this product. Show people with the product in their hand. Um, how it's used, love that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, giving the giving the viewer the opportunity to envision themselves using it, which is part of connect as well. I imagine, right? Where you're exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say there's some things that we could probably dive in more on connect, and that is actually keeping in mind what kind of consumer your audience is and kind of what motivates them. Because Adam and I were chatting about this when we were going through this info. And the one interesting thing is the emotional versus a logical consumer. So you can have someone who's motivated to buy through, you know, maybe improving self-esteem or feeling accomplished or that sort of thing. So you can kind of adjust your message to your, for your product to kind of appeal to that. Whereas if they're more of like a logical consumer... You can come in with, you know, this will save you X money on toothbrushes in the future and, you know, that sort of thing. So really, when you're connecting to your audience, you have to think about not only, you know, your visual connection through showing a human, you know, a person on the screen showing the product, but in your messaging of like, why is this person motivated to buy this? I love that. It's also the semantic meaning. I, I've, been, I've been obsessed with this idea of like semantic meanings about like the things that people kind of understand outside of the actual words that are being said and the other connections that people might make with a particular influencer. We know we know that creative uh, does so much of the heavy lifting when it comes to targeting and calling out your ideal customer. So I'm interested in all the other ways. Like if Chelsea, you're doing an ad, it'd be like, why does she have green lockers in her kitchen? Like I would just want to know that about your character and just be like, but also be like, she must be cool. She's got lockers in her kitchen and just, 
all these like things that you take in in the background or in someone's mannerisms or in how they look um, is a huge part about connecting with your avatar as well, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's 100% correct. And, and, and maybe two examples of the like logical versus emotional consumer. I think you can look at things like a clothing brand, ads for a clothing brand versus ads for a SaaS company, right? Adobe is not going to serve you an ad that says, use Adobe because all the friggin' cool kids are doing it. Look at all these badass video templates we have. No, they're going to be like, it saves you this much time. It's the industry standard. You'll be able to connect with people remotely and share project files. And then when you look at a clothing brand, it's all about emotion. They were like, we're going to show you somebody who's prettier than you, who wears these clothes better than you. You buy these clothes and you can aspire to be like this person that we're showing you that's wearing them, right? Two completely different sides of the coin. Are you a Shopify brand owner looking to win, keep, and grow your customers? Everyone knows apps are fast becoming the best way to increase retention and boost sales. A sleek and engaging app normally means two things, time and money. But AppTile have changed the game. Their seamless, no-code editor enables beautiful, personalized journeys for every customer. And with their free plan, nothing is stopping you from getting started. You'll pay as you grow, not as you go. So whether you're just starting out or a Shopify superstar, head over to apptile.com today and start designing your dream app. What's our next phase here? We're talking about like what you can accomplish with these best practices and what you're obviously you're aiming to drive purchase ultimately, but what else, how do you think about what you can accomplish with these best practices, Adam? Yeah. So the, like you said, the main thing is to drive action, like in the action being the call to action. And like Chelsea said, that could be an email, sign up, purchase app, download form, submission, subscription, any of those things. But, uh, what it also does is retaining that attention is, is, pretty important. And on the last podcast that I was on, we talked about serving ads organically and capitalizing on the ad spend that we used to test the ads, right? So we're spending all this money. We might, like if we have an ad that's performing, may as well serve it as organic. But in, in that sense, if you're doing that, then all of those little things that you put into play that hold people's attention and get them to the end of the video, that's great for your metrics on your YouTube channel. So you could, so it will be more likely to return ads as part of a YouTube search if you have good metrics on your video, like somebody watched all the way to the end. Other things that they can do is if you get somebody to watch all the way to the end and you are interested about growing your YouTube channel, you can make that one video part of a playlist, right? So at the end of the first video in the playlist, you can have a cliffhanger where like say say the video is the, about the ABCDs and then in the first video we talk about A and then at the end of the first video we say if you want to hear more about these YouTube best practices click the next video to find out what B is in the ABCDs and that way you have somebody watching four videos on your YouTube channel and in terms of the YouTube algorithm it used to be the case that having somebody on your channel watching a 10 minute video that was great. But now, now the algorithm gives preference to channels that get somebody on channel and watching multiple videos in one session. So by employing something like a playlist with the cliffhangers at the end, you could have five two minute videos, which equals 10 minutes of watch time. And if you get somebody to watch all five of those, and then you have another channel where somebody watched one 10 minute video, YouTube's going to give more weight 
to your channel because you had a, a multi-video session recorded. Which just means more ad inventory for them potentially, or they just more engagements, I guess, right? More. That, that's actually really insightful. Maybe the reason that they changed it is because they can serve more ads in, the, in between the videos at the end and then at the beginning of the video. Yeah, potentially. Absolutely, that kind of makes sense. Nice. Uh, I, yeah, I think if you guys haven't listened to that podcast that we did a couple of weeks ago about getting almost five hundred thousand dollars in free, or how much? It was five hundred thousand impressions, right? That you got. From no, it was five. It, like we we looked at what the average cost per view was, and we did the math on the free views that we got by setting those ads as organic, and it came out to five hundred thousand dollars. Unbelievable! Yeah. Um, what an opportunity for people. Are we into part three now? Should we actually show, should we, you want to set up these clips? Sure. So in the last podcast that I was on, Chelsea wasn't on it. I was on with our coworker Fabrizio, AKA Breezy. He's a straight up killer. Uh, we, we gave an ad example that illustrated the dilution effect. And just as a refresher to everybody, the dilution effect is, is a reduction in the strength of your ad when you stack multiple USPs in the ad. So if you have one USP that is 90% effective, you would think that combining it with other USPs that are 70 and 50% effective would make your overall ad more effective. But what we get is, is an average, like a cumulative average of the effectiveness. So stacking a 90% with a 20% and a 30%. And then you divide that by three, 140 divided by three, whatever that is. Uh, that, it's too early for math brain, Adam. But yeah, it actually reduces the overall effectiveness of your ad. Uh, so that's what we talked about last week. And we used an example of a hypothetical pro uh, product called the thingamajig. So we decided to run with that product. And this time, instead of just like reading the ads, uh, we wrote a little script and, and Chelsea recorded it in a UGC style. And then I chopped it down using the YouTube best practices. So what we have to share today is the version that you would likely see run on Meta. So either on Facebook or as an Instagram reel or something like that. It's long-winded. It's kind of stream of consciousness. It's very much the way influencers interact with their audiences on those platforms. But what we did was we took the best practices. We applied it to that longer form UGC. And then hopefully after we show them the before and the after, our audience here will, will see the power of applying these YouTube best practices. Okay, all right, let's let her rip. Hey everyone, it's Tiffany, and today's video is sponsored by The Thingermajigs. They reached out to me and asked if I wanted to collab on a video, and I immediately said, oh my gosh, yes. So if you're the type of person that's not a people person, The Thingermajigs are the best way to never see people again. When I was working from home, the best thing about it was that I never had to look into someone's eyes IRL. So now that we're working in the office again, the thingamajigs have been the best thing to preserve my loner lifestyle. You've heard of noise canceling headphones, right? Well, the thingamajigs are people canceling eyewear. Just put them on like your everyday glasses and the proprietary technology digitally removes any humans from your sight. Thingamajigs come in 87 different colors and 465 different frame styles. So there's literally something for everyone. Plus there's free shipping. You only have to pay a small handling fee of $128.37. 
and then they ship right to your closest post office. So you only have to interact with only a few humans before you don't have to see anyone at all. After that, it's just like Thanos snapped his fingers again. Lastly, they have a lifetime warranty. So when your partner smashes them because you've been ignoring them too much, then they will replace them for free. Imagine having to go to work and not having to acknowledge the office Karen ever again. It's almost like I'm still working from home with no one else around, except I still have to wear pants. Check out their website at thingamajig.com to see the difference of not seeing people. And if you want to save a massive 4% when you buy your thingamajigs, use my code at checkout, TIFFTHING4. Remember to hit that like button and subscribe to see all of the rest of my videos. A star is born. Tiffany is here. Okay, so this is the long-form creator-style piece. And then what am I going, which video am I playing next here? Okay, so those three videos that you have up on the screen share there, the first one's the long form. It looks like the second one is the YouTube best practice edit. And then that third one, I don't think we should share on the podcast. It's a short blooper reel of Chelsea cussing. <laughs> and I think you should, and I think you should, uh, here's, a, here's a CTA for you. Visit the DTC website if you want to see Chelsea cuss in her great blooper reel. It's 24 seconds of pure magic. You can also download a PDF that explains all of the YouTube best practices in detail. Okay, great. So we'll just host yeah. that on the write-up for this podcast when it goes live. Um, cool. And okay, let's, let's <laughs> see Tiffany part two, the edit using best practices. Ready? You've heard of noise-canceling headphones, right? Uh-huh. Well, the thingamajigs are people-canceling eyewear. When I was working from home, the best thing about it was that I never had to look into someone's eyes IRL. So now that we're working in the office again, the thingamajigs have been the best thing to preserve my loner lifestyle. Just put them on like your everyday glasses and the proprietary technology digitally removes any humans from your sight. After that, it's just like Thanos snapped his fingers again. It's almost like I'm still working from home with no one else around, except I still have to wear pants. So if you're the type of person that's not a people person, the thingamajigs are the best way to never see people again. Impressive. Okay, so a couple things about that. Uh, we what we can do is kind of go over what we did. So if you if if the people watching at home or in the car or whatever want to go back and, and check it out after we list these things, you'll be able to see what we did. So in the first five seconds, we used like pretty direct response messaging where we're talking to our persona, to our audience. We include the brand name. We mention it. We say what the product does. And we also use multiple uh, like cuts to make sure that we have that cut frequency up for the first five seconds. And one of the other differences between the original and the second one is you can see in the beginning, I actually cropped in even closer on Chelsea's face to get us a better look at her eyes to increase that amount of engagement. Um, two things that I'll say about the video is that we didn't use subtitles. Uh, like the Mr. Beast style subtitles, we would in an ad because ads don't normally have, like YouTube generates subtitles automatically now, right? So in the event that somebody has that activated, then it would be double subtitling them. And we don't really want to do that. But a definite iteration of this video would be to include those Mr. Beast style subtitles uh, just to make it pop a little bit more. And I'll say... 
also about the CTA is if you looked at the original one, uh, Chelsea said, go to the website and, and yada, yada, yada. Everybody knows that stuff. I feel like it's kind of implied at this point when you watch an ad. So when I finish an ad, I think I feel it makes me feel better to do kind of like a mic drop at the end and then just show the website. <laughs> People already know what it is. They know what to do with the website, right? So that's why we didn't explicitly say, visit the website and cop yours today. We were just, we just like explained what it was, finished on, on humor and then showed them the website. And then with like a little subhead that was also funny too. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a fan of humor. That's yes. how I like to do my ads. <laughs> I thought that I just even your, your, your voice chime in right off the beginning. Like, do you want this? Yeah. Or whatever you did. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> I enjoyed. I enjoyed that part. Yeah. yeah. So that that's everything, and you can see we cut more than a minute out of the original edit, and we also did something in this, like going back to our podcast from last time is we followed that delusion effect that we talked about earlier. In the first one, she mentions the amount of colorways. She mentions the, the free shipping, which isn't actually free. Uh, she mentions all these other USPs. But uh, in this one, we cut it down and we, and we just hammered home that one, that one USP where you won't have to see people you know, and the benefits of not having to see people. We didn't talk about the warranty or anything like that. Yeah, it, it's pretty ironic that we started this podcast by talking about the human effect and how humans like to see other humans, but now the product that we're actually promoting is about how you don't want to see humans. So it's real finely woven tapestry here on D 2 C. I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we're contradictory in our thoughts. Yeah, that's for sure. Just like everybody else. <laughs> nice. Um, how did you feel about this process, Chelsea? Did you enjoy? You, you said this is the, some of the best CGC you've created. You, did you enjoy the process? Absolutely. You know, I actually have created, I've done a lot of content for our clients at Pilot House, but it was fun to do this, you know, for something extremely absurd. And it is really interesting because putting all of this, these best practices and all of these strategies that we use, like I say on paper, but, you know, talking about them uh, more in depth is really interesting because it's something that at this point in our jobs, we kind of just do almost like subconsciously. So it's really interesting to kind of go through and like break it all down for um, obviously like the DDC listeners, but almost for us too. So it was it was really fun actually. Obviously, yeah. we had a blast. <laughs> and this quality of ad is a one that you'd probably you'd test potentially if it worked. You'd launch it potentially on the organic feed as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would. You know, watching it back because I because I edited it. It it's like. It's like anybody who writes music or, or writes in general. If you look at something that you made in the past, you see all these things you want to do. So that that happened for me there. So I would probably spin out three iterations of this thing for testing, a couple shorter versions, more graphics, that kind of thing. But, oh, I guess we didn't mention that. That's another thing we did was just to liven it up visually was I added some some graphics there and uh, in, in addition to those like crop in cuts and, and stuff like that, just to liven it up, obviously background music, that kind of thing, a uh, little clip from Avengers Endgame to spice it up. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. Little little copyright claim potentially there. If you're going to do that, I want to see some sledge on the next one. I want to see some, uh, okay. I was I was, I was was like, can we get Goldeneye in there? And then I thought, no, that's probably too much gun violence. You probably can't have Goldeneye. Maybe Mario Kart would be good, like Donkey Kong Country. Like I'd love, love to see some, some of that. You yeah, know? Donkey Kong would be cool. I would love a good Rainbow Road in the background. Yeah, yeah. Rainbow Road would be pretty amazing in the background. Oh, Somebody yeah. doing that uh, secret jump. You know that like jump? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
You can tell what geeks we are <laughs> yeah. at heart here. So uh, we're going to share all of this information, including the blooper reel, which was the first time we shared a blooper reel here. So this will all be available either on the website, maybe just right in the podcast description. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll let you know. Otherwise, guys, thanks for coming on today. This was a, a very f- fun, special episode of All Killer No Filler. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks, Harry. I- and as always, if you want to work uh, with these contradictory weirdos, no, amazing, bright <laughs> talents. Sorry, that's, I shouldn't call you weirdos. No. <laughs> Cut that. If you want to work with these wonderful, talented, bright lights, uh, please go to pilothouse.co and uh, and come join the, the YouTube fun because uh, it's – it's. I, again, I just hear so many people talking about YouTube all the time as just such a huge growth channel. It's hard to fathom how big of a channel it really is. So I'm excited to be doing more content on it. Yeah, and we're excited to keep pumping it out. I really appreciate you having us here today. Chelsea, you're amazing. Thank you for recording that. Of course. It was truly my pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're not getting the D2C newsletter, you can subscribe for free at directtoconsumer.co. And if you want to learn more about Pilot House's all-killer, no-filler services, take off to pilothouse.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.